Um, I, I just want to share a few things. It's, it's just going to be a few minutes. Um, and, and for those, oh, yeah, let me get on track here. For Facebook, thanks for joining us. Uh, we appreciate it. Please like and share this so that others can be blessed as a result. Maybe you're watching on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, at Dominion Church SC. Make sure you like it, turn on notifications. Maybe you're listening on our podcast experience, the Dominion Church podcast experience. The point is, you're with us, you're joining us, but I would love for you to come be a part of one of our corporate gatherings. We meet here at Sundays at the historic Taylor Mill at 1 o'clock p.m., and I promise you, uh, these last couple Sundays, you, you don't want to miss it, and you don't want to miss what's next. We've been in an environment of the presence of God, healings, miracles, and I, I truly believe it's just the beginning. And so actually streaming this, in my estimation, God's done what's in his heart to do. I believe there's there's a little more, but I, like I could leave right now and be completely satisfied. But can I, can I just share just, just for 10 minutes or so, uh, something that the Lord spoke to me, and I believe it's going to help you. Uh, and this this might also be a little bit of a um, a plug for uh, Present Truth Academy, but we're, we're, we're getting ready to launch a, a new study track on the Sermon on the Mount. And so I have been kind of swimming in the Sermon on the Mount the last several weeks, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And um, so I just want to share just a little tidbit from there that I think you guys will really enjoy and appreciate. So Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 11 is where we get the Beatitudes. And, and if, you, if you actually look at the Sermon on the Mount as a whole, one thing I began to, to realize was, is that in this sermon, Jesus is creating some of this amazing contrast between the order that came before him, which was the law, and the order he came to establish. And the better covenant is not like the old covenant. Right? We're actually told in Hebrews, the better covenant is made on, built on better promises. Right? So we, we don't try to sample from the old and join it to the new. If we do that, we make it all uh, watered down. So each of the Beatitudes are listed there, and I can't do each one. The one I want to specifically look at is Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. I believe that a lot of what, what we've seen here personally, what, what, what a lot of people are seeing right now, this, there's this move of God that's breaking out in pockets all over the place, but is speaking to, I believe, in, in, in a way, to this thought of blessed are the pure in heart. Now, when I read that, and, and I get it, when we read this, we, we think, well, that's simple enough. I, I want to be pure in heart, right? Lord, Lord, make sure that I'm pure in heart. But there's more to it than that that I want to make sure that we catch. So in this beatitude, Jesus goes to the core of human life. You know what the core of human life is? The heart. The heart. And, and it's interesting because in this day when he's sharing these dynamics, the whole priesthood system, the whole law system, and it's actually a pretty a fascinating study. They had all these laws about external cleanliness. And that's what they focused on. Oh, if, if, if this happens, go bathe yourself and, and then wait a few days. If this happens, go and cleanse yourself and then trust God. If this happens, right? 
That was actually one of the reasons Haman was, was actually offended when the prophet said, go down to this river and dip yourself that you might be healed. And the reason he didn't want to dip was because that river in particular was not known for being clean. So, so there was this mentality around external cleanliness. But Jesus stands up and says with boldness, blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So purity and cleanliness, it was an important part of the religious themes in the day of Jesus. Observing all the Old Testament laws of being clean actually could bypass the most important purity of all, purity of heart. You know, who I'm reminded of the most, especially in the day and the culture of Jesus, we don't actually have much to sample from, especially in the West. You know, I I don't think, I mean, correct me, I don't think we have leper colonies in North America, right? But in that day, it was fairly prevalent. And the Pharisees, they not only felt that leprosy was a sign of sin and iniquity, they also deliberately separated themselves. There's a reason when I say a leper colony, they had to create their own communities to live in because nobody would go. Now, I get it at the surface level. Also, leprosy is highly contagious. And so there was also that thought, if I get too close to these unclean people, I'm going to be unclean as well. Jesus shoots down these paradigms one opportunity after the other. The woman with the issue of blood, you've heard me teach on it before. You know, according to the law, when she touched him, he should have been made unclean. But that didn't happen. When she touched him, he said, I perceive virtue flowed from me. And not only did he not become unclean, she was healed. And what did he heal her of? While he indeed healed her of a physical issue, it was connected to a heart issue. So what is Jesus saying with boldness in this simple beatitude? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. He's saying, those that have come before me have never understood purity. Because the way they judge purity is, clean yourself up. Wash yourself. Come on, snap out of it. Get out of the dust and the dirt. And if, and if you can kind of start making your way, maybe we can work with you. But Jesus declares that in these moments, a pure heart is what produces external purity, not vice versa. In other words, it doesn't matter how cleaned up you are on the outside. That that soap is never going to penetrate to the heart. So what does God do? He says, I go straight for the heart. And he does it despite what the outward appearances look like. Right? That's why, again, we, we, we reference it often. The religious are looking for Jesus and they say, don't you know where he will be? He's hanging out with the, the drunks and the, the prostitutes. Why? Because Jesus had no problem connecting with those who were dirty on the outside. Why? Because he was looking at the heart. He said, listen, you guys see one thing, but I see something else. 
You guys see all this stuff and you're convinced if they'll just follow your rules and clean themselves up that they will be accepted. But I tell you, God already has accepted them and the regenerative work of Holy Spirit starts on the inside and works its way out. And that's also where we get this thought. And and like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up. I just needed a few minutes. That's also where we get this thought that when we talk about when God looks at someone, what do we say? He doesn't look on the outside. He doesn't look on the outside. And so where we have to guard ourselves, and this is one of the interesting things about the Sermon on the Mount, and I've heard this. I've actually been talking about this a lot with some other ministry friends and getting some different perspective. And have you noticed the prevailing theme is this? The prevailing theme is Jesus is addressing the law, but it sounds like he's making more difficult ones. You ever notice that in Matthew 5? Because, can I give you just one example? So he talks about, you know, um, you've heard it said that if you lay with another woman, you've committed adultery. But I say, if you've thought about it in your heart, that you're guilty. And if we're not careful, we believe Jesus is establishing a higher system of rules, which makes a greater demand on our, 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 our need to meet these ethical imperatives. What he's actually showing us is, you guys have missed even the intention of the law from day one. The law was never meant to try to modify behavior. It was meant to illuminate the heart. And because you guys have figured out how to cross your T's and dot all your I's, you've gotten away with everything. Your heart has not been changed. And I'm trying to show you, my father focuses on the heart. My father focuses on the heart. So I say, if you've thought it, you've done it. If you've wished it, you've done it. And again, what is he showing us? This should show us all how much we are in need of a Savior. Because what he's trying to even show the Pharisees, listen, you guys think that you're innocent. But I say if you thought it in your heart, you're guilty. Keep in mind it's the same crowd, the woman caught in adultery that's brought before him. It's the same crowd. If they had had their way, they would have stoned her dead in the streets. But when Jesus begins to, and I believe he was writing the law, and because you, 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 you recognize the crowd as they start to leave, it says the oldest left first. Why do you think the oldest left first, Varela? Because they had more time than anybody else to break the laws. <laughs> so they're like, oh, oh I've broken that one like many times. I'm out of here. Whoever's without sin, cast the first stone. And then when they're finished... What does Jesus ask of the woman? He says, where are those who have come to condemn you? And she looks around and she says, Lord, they're gone. There's no one here. And he says, neither do I condemn. And you know my favorite phrase, those that wanted to condemn her couldn't, the only one who could condemn her wouldn't. And his heart is the same today as it was 2,000 years ago. So those of you sitting in here, those of you watching online or listening, I want you to hear this. There is no condemnation in the heart of God. How can I say that with such confidence? Because there's no restorative purpose in condemnation. Because condemning only tries to convince us of our guilt. It does not offer us restoration. That's why when Holy Spirit manifests... 
He doesn't use condemnation. What does he use? Conviction. It's two different things. One shows us, listen, even though this is happening in your life, you're better than this. Condemnation says you should feel ashamed for, for what you did. What do you think? Who do you think you are, you stinking rotten person? That's, that's all condemnation does. It hurls out accusations of guilt. So we know it's not the heart of God. And since it's not the heart of God, it's not ours either. What is one of the sure ways, and there's, one, there's many ways, what's one of the sure ways people can identify that you're pure in heart? You don't use condemnation. Because they see the work of God's happening on the inside, producing fruit on the outside. Amen. Lord, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Lord, I thank you that, huh, that we are pure in heart. And maybe, maybe we're sitting here and we have to say that by faith. But go ahead and say it. Lord, I thank you that I'm pure in heart. I'm so tired of, of trying to clean myself up. See, many of us have bought into this lie that, that the Christian faith is a self-help program. It's not. Jesus does not invite you to help yourself. He does not invite you to clean up yourself. Listen, Christianity, he's not inviting you to a 12-step program. He's inviting you into a world where you can recognize your shortcomings and you can boast in his ability to restore you and set you free. The kingdom of God is, has never been about our ability, but his. The truth is, if you, want, you, can, you can interchange so many words. It's never been about my faith. It's been about his faith. It's never been about my work, but his work. It's never been about my grace, but his grace. It's never even been about my pursuit. It's about his pursuit. Can any of us outrun God? <laughs> right? And so I just thank you that as your children, as your family, we can reflect this purity of heart. Showing the world that you have begun this work in us. And then we also say with confidence that the work that you've begun, you're faithful and just to complete it. I didn't know how to even start this work. I'm talking about Matthew personally. I didn't know how to start the work that God is doing in me. So why do I feel the need to try to figure out how to rescue it or finish it? It's all about trusting him. The same way you trusted him day one, you call it the day of your salvation. That same moment where you took a radical step of faith to see him come into your life, the same faith is what maintains us. It's all his gift. Not our work, not our ability. But I just thank you for these things now. Decree them by faith in the strong and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Facebook, YouTube, the podcast. We love you. We appreciate you. Have an amazing week. We'll see you next time.